AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post show. I don't know why I'm driving away. I don't know why I'm driving away, man. Maybe if this was a terrible show, I'd be driving away. Monday Night Raw review for July 17th, 2023. I'm your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you from the OTS Beer Garden. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday nights. Wherever you may be, I forgot my fucking beverage at the start of the show, man. I can't have that happen. I don't know where my mind was, bro. I don't know where my mind was. Yeah, I was leaving you guys. I was leaving you guys. It's crazy, man. That's what happens. That's what happened. I forgot my call beverage. I'm already leaving the fucking show. Hey, listen, man. It's a typical Monday. Let me take a sip of this before we get into it. Oh, yeah. Ice. Ice cold. Gotta love it, man. Monday night. Monday Night Raw, man. Decent show. All in all, it was a decent show tonight. I thought they did an admirable job of building towards SummerSlam. We got a lot of the major stories. Finally, with matches announced for Detroit at Ford Field for SummerSlam. Obviously, Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar was an inevitability. Obviously, Seth Rollins and Finn Balor was the same. And I think you guys could have easily guessed or predicted the card and fleshed out the card for SummerSlam. And WWE, they basically had to do it tonight. I mean, they have two weeks. They have two weeks to go till SummerSlam. So uh, it's now getting time to get everything together before they get to Detroit. The big thing that happened tonight, it wasn't Cody and Lesnar. I mean, that's just, I mean, who, who gives a shit? I mean, do you honestly give a shit? About Cody and Lesnar. I know I don't. I don't care where they're fighting. I don't care how many times they've wrestled. I don't care what stipulation it is. I I don't care. I don't really care. I mean, if you watched, Jesse said this tonight to me, and and I told him, you know, yes, you're correct. If you're a casual fan, seriously, if you're a casual fan and you don't watch the product, you know, every week like we do, and you watched the Raw after WrestleMania. And you saw Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes start their feud. And you watched tonight's show. And you tuned into Monday Night Raw tonight and still saw Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes wrestling going into SummerSlam. Wouldn't you ask yourself again, are they still fighting? I mean, it's ridiculous. 
I don't think, listen, Cody may be over. Cody may be, you know, the hot ticket on Monday night. Cody may be the face of the company when Roman is not there. But Cody on screen, creatively, what they have him doing on television pales in comparison to what Cody really should be. The reactions that he's getting, I mean, what he's doing on TV and the reactions that he's getting from the live crowd, they don't equate. They they don't really equal. So clearly WWE creative has fucked up his momentum. I mean, if I'm feeling this way and I'm a genuine fucking lifelong fan, how, how do you think the rest of the fucking people are feeling about Cody Rhodes? Again? Four months now. Again, with no explanation. Again? I mean, who's going to win the match? Cody's going to come out on top, and then he's going to go through some other fucking trial and tribulation and some more bullshit, whatever Vince McMahon decides to put him through, so that they can prolong his chase, his journey, going into WrestleMania and challenging Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia and giving us that rocky story, because you know what's coming. You know what's coming. That wasn't even the big thing that happened tonight. The big thing that happened tonight was we got new WWE women's tag team champions. I know. I mean, it's fucking crazy. I'm here talking about the women's tag team championships. Chelsea Green and Sonia Deville defeated Raquel Rodriguez. Smiley Raquel. She wasn't smiling after tonight. <laughs> Raquel Rodriguez. You guys know Ra- Ra- Raquel Gonzalez, right? Uh, Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan. They lost the tag team championships tonight to Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green after Liv and Raquel just defeated Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey for those women's tag team championships, right? Yeah, and what, what happened to Isla Dawn and Alba Fire, man? They got the shit end of the deal here. Poor Alba Fire and Isla Dawn, man. Where are they at? In some fucking dark forest performing witchcraft? Where the fuck did they go, man? Are they off in the back playing Diablo, wishing that they were doing fucking something substantial on Monday Night Raw? What a raw deal they got. Hey, man, we're going to call you up. We're going to have the NXT Women's Tag Team titles on the show with absolutely no fucking reason, right? We're going to put you in a match with Ronda and Shayna. You're going to have to drop the titles, only for Ronda and Shayna to drop those titles to Liv and Raquel, for them to drop the titles two weeks later. I mean, are we fucking serious? That sounds awful. I mean, I feel bad for Isla Dawn and Alba Fire. Who, like, who the fuck came up with this decision? Hot potatoing the title, man. Somewhere, Wardlow is jealous of the women's tag team titles. Because that's what happens on AEW with the TNT title. What are we doing here? So Liv and Raquel lost the titles. Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville, they ain't doing, they ain't going to do anything with the tag team title. Let's be real. The, the, the one positive, you want a positive take on this? Oh, well, it's negative about Will. He hates WWE, man. Sure I do. Here's a positive take for you. Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville, these two women are the type of women that WWE should put the tag team titles on. Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan weren't doing anything with those tag team championships. Do you want to know why? Rhea Ripley has no solid competition on the show. The only competition that Rhea Ripley has is Becky Lynch. She's tied up with Trish Stratus in one of the worst storylines of the entire year. 
So that's not going to happen right now. Probably won't happen until WrestleMania because that's the biggest money match that WWE could do in that division. So we won't be seeing that for a little bit. But outside that, she's wrestled Natalia. Who else is there? They're really, I can't even, I can't even begin to tell you what WWE has planned for the women's championship on Monday night. So what WWE did here was, and I mentioned this last week, man, I find it very funny how WWE went and changed this this week after I had raised concerns last week. It's like I'm a fucking mind reader, right? WWE, I said last week, well, clearly they're setting up Raquel and Liv Morgan to challenge Rhea Ripley. Can't do that while they're the women's tag team champions. Because if they did that, then they'd be doing the same thing that they asked Sasha Banks and Naomi to do last year with all that bullshit going around with the women's tag team titles. You don't want to repeat that. And Sasha and Naomi ended up walking out because WWE mistreated the tag team titles. And they felt like they were being mistreated as champions. This is bullshit. Threw the titles on John Laurinaitis' desk and walked out of the fucking company. And neither one of them came back. Why would WWE repeat that this year going into SummerSlam with Raquel and Liv Morgan? Doesn't really make sense. So what WWE did was take the titles off of Raquel and Liv, put them on Chelsea and Sonya. They realized that the two women that were tag team champions, they sit right now in the WWE on this roster as the two best options for Rhea Ripley and the women's championship for her to wrestle competition. For the women's championship. So we got two challengers here. I don't even know why they were paired in a tag team to begin with. So we got Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan. It looks that Liv is going to be the first to challenge Rhea Ripley for the women's tag, for, for the women's championship on Monday Night Raw after losing the women's tag team championships tonight to Chelsea and Sonya Deville. So it looks like we may be getting Liv and Rhea first at SummerSlam. Otherwise, maybe they do a triple threat match. I, I don't think so, because on SmackDown, we're getting a triple threat match. So it looks like it's going to be live and live only on Monday night. Then Rhea can focus on Raquel. And then Rhea, at that point, I, I mean, we're running out of options. Y you would think that with Ronda wanting to put over Shayna, that Shayna and Rhea would be an option. But I don't think Vince is going to look at that as a major women's championship match or feud. So Rhea, Rhea does have some WWE kind of aided in that tonight. And I actually think that's a good idea. And that's the reason why Liv and Raquel lost those tag team championships. WWE was legitimately out of options. This division is fucking terrible. This division is so dismal that I don't think it's been worse on Monday night. And you have your strongest champion to date on Monday Night Raw. Rhea is the MVP of WWE this year. She's my number one. Out of all WWE, Rhea Ripley is the MVP. She is a better champion than Bianca. She's a bigger presence than Bianca. She's got Judgment Day backing her. I prefer her over Becky any day of the fucking week. Rhea is just killing it. And Rhea has stood toe-to-toe -to -toe in that ring with some great competition. Probably one of the best matches of the year with Charlotte. And she brought Natalia, or Natalia and Rhea. They, they both did great in that match a couple of weeks back. That was a fucking a great match. So Rhea right now, she's got some competition, and that's what WWE really needs to focus on. They need to give Rhea some solid competition, and I think they did a good job with that. 
by taking the titles off of Ra- Raquel and Liv and putting them on Chelsea and Sonia, which now sets up other teams. I don't know who there is. There really isn't any teams to now fight over the women's tag team championships without having to worry about finding opponents for Rhea. Chelsea and Sonia make great champions because they're nothing champions. They are the perfect transitional champions. This is going to be the perfect team to get those belts to Caden Carter and Katana Chance. Easy. I think this was a great move. So we will keep a close eye on that. And it looks like Rhea and Liv Morgan is set up for SummerSlam potentially after what Liv Morgan did in the main event tonight while Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were on their way to retaining their tag team championships. We got the tag team title situation going on right now on Monday Night Raw. Doesn't look to be happening at SummerSlam. I'm very confused as to why WWE did this tonight and not at SummerSlam, but we got the tag team title match tonight. We could very well get a rematch at SummerSlam. Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio challenged Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens for the WWE tag team titles. Uh, Clearly, they did not win the tag team titles. The Judgment Day Liv Morgan aided in... Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn winning. But WWE kind of fast-tracked this match. Figured they would have saved it for SummerSlam, but they did not. And they blew their load on it tonight. It was a very good match. Great last couple of minutes. And Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn retain, as they should. They should not be losing the tag team titles this soon to anybody. And they retain the tag team titles in the main event on Monday Night Raw. We got Cody. We got Brock. We got Ronda, we got Shayna, we got Becky, we got Trish, Ricochet, Logan Paul. SummerSlam came together tonight on Monday Night Raw, and it looks like uh, it looks like a decent show. It looks like a decent show. If there's one thing that WWE has done right this year, it is their PLEs. So I'm anticipating WWE is going to have a very good SummerSlam this year based on what we've been given so far. Even though television hasn't been up there as good, I think WWE is going to knock it out of the park with SummerSlam. Drew McIntyre and Gunther, that is seemingly being set up next week. we got a lot to look forward to, man. So we're going to talk about it all tonight right here on the podcast, and I appreciate you guys joining me right here on OTS. we got 2,100 in here live tonight. I appreciate you guys very much. People are still filing on in to the beer garden, man. The only place to be on your Monday nights. I would love if you guys hit that thumbs up, man. I would really, really appreciate it. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We got 2,100 people in here, man. There should be at least 1,000 likes. 1,000 likes. If you guys can hit that thumbs up for me, I would really appreciate it because it helps me out, helps the video out, and it pushes it to all the recommended on YouTube. So make sure you guys go and do that for me. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show with our obviously fresh and opened cold beverages. So make sure you guys grab your favorite beverage, and we'll hang out at the end of the show. Memberships are open. Get them on in. Hit that join button. Become a channel member if you are not. If you are a VIP and you want to re-up, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it with a brand new week lined up for you. We did an extra today on LA Night, and I got an extra coming at you tomorrow. So we got news coming at you. And if you missed anything on the channel, go and check it out. It's all on the homepage. Today we talked about LA Night and how WWE has him slotted internally as a heel and not a babyface. 
which is bizarre to me. So go check that out. Also, update on Bailey's injury, update on Mercedes and her injury, and update on WWE having an interest in Nick Aldis. They want to make him a producer. 36-year-old Nick Aldis. They want to make into a producer. And I have geeks online arguing, oh, well, what, what, what if he wants to be a producer, man? Yes, because Nick, Nick Aldis gave us every indication that he was going to fucking retire after his last match at Impact Wrestling. Sure thing. Sure thing. Give me a fucking break, man. Go and check it out. All on the homepage. Tomorrow night, Drew and myself, my guy Andrew Baydala, will be live with TNT. We've got a major show coming for you guys. The best, and I mean this, the best wrestling discussion anywhere. Not only on Tuesdays, but all week. Loving what we're doing on TNT, man. Good shit over there. So if you love what we've done so far, you're going to love tomorrow night's show. As always, we'll be hanging out on Tuesday night. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bells for notifications. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Bluechew. Blueshoe.com code JD at checkout. Make sure you guys go get your free sample. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. That is Blueshoe.com code JD at checkout. And I want to thank them for once again sponsoring the show tonight right here on OTS. We're going to start with Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes opened Monday Night Raw tonight and... Obviously, Cody was going to open the show because it's in Atlanta, and Cody lives in Atlanta. You guys know Cody. This is Cody country, man. So Cody opened the show tonight, and clearly he is looking to see if Brock Lesnar would accept his challenge for SummerSlam. So Cody, you know, he does the typical entrance, and we get the, whoa! Yeah, you know, Cody, he's nothing more than an entrance now. That's the best thing about Cody Rhodes coming on out. He's a fucking entrance. So he's out there, and Cody, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk about? You know, Cody asks all these, all these, uh, these crowds and all these things. What do you want to talk about? You know, it's like, come on, dude, really? You know, it was once in a while when he had something important to say. This is what I don't like, man. You know, a lot of a lot of geeks, well, Cody, Cody's the face of the company, right? Cody comes out, and when he was in AEW, when when something was going on, something major, when somebody really needed to have a serious talk with the audience, he'd be like, What do you guys want to talk about? Right? Now every fucking week, what do you want to talk about? I don't want to fucking talk to you, Cody. I don't want to hear from you. What do you want to talk about every week? Well, I don't, I don't give a fuck what you have to say, really. I don't. I don't. Because Cody, for the last how many weeks now it's been? Five weeks? Six weeks? Four months? He's had absolutely nothing. Nothing. Nothing of importance to say. Absolutely nothing. Way to kill something that was pretty fucking clever, man. What do you want to talk about? 
says Cody. So not only we got that, we got the, whoa! It's like a fucking meme. It's like a comedy show. Oh, JD's a Cody hater, man. Yeah, just like Jesse is a CM Punk hater. Had to hear it all week in the comments. Why does your co-host hate CM Punk? I don't know. The last fucking photo I've seen of him, he was at a family gathering wearing a CM Punk t-shirt. How much could he fucking possibly hate Phil, huh? You fucking break. Ridiculous. Cody's got a new documentary, by the way, coming out on Peacock. I will be watching it because... It should be really good. If there's one thing Cody does, uh, I mean, he tells just a, a riveting story. He's just a great storyteller. You know, I joke on Cody, especially with him being in the WWE now, but I'm a Cody guy. You know, I want WWE to get Cody back on the right track. The Cody doc looks great. I will be tuning into it. It's the, uh, when does it come out? July 31 on Peacock, which by the way, Peacock is raising their subscriptions. So for anybody that's uh, a tier one, you're going from $4.99 to $5.99, I think. And the tier two is going from $9.99 to $11.99. I don't know. I mean, it's a write-off for me. I don't really care. But, you know, apparently they're losing billions. All these streaming services are losing billions. And now with the writer's strike and the actor's strike, I mean, it's going to be very difficult for these streaming services to really keep up on the fresh content. So uh, I don't know, but uh, if you guys are signed up to Peacock, don't be surprised when you see an uptick in price for your tiers at the end of the month. Cody says, what do you want to talk about? He said, the truth is they don't need to talk. I'm glad he said it. They don't need to talk because there's a big shadow looming over the arena because Lesnar should just come to the ring and accept his challenge. Now, after a pause... Cody said, this is Brock's M.O. to be fashionably late. He said he'll be in the ring waiting for him whenever he decides to show up. So he's going to wait in the ring for Brock to show up. So Cody is standing in the ring and he's smiling. And then he goes all somber. And he says, there's one very special, important woman sitting in the front row right here. And that is my mother. They showed Michelle Rhodes smiling front row. He said there's a reason his catchphrase isn't funky like a monkey. He said the other side of his family made him who he is. He says his relationship with Lesnar is complex. He says it's just two words, and it's not his hit single or representative of his life, so he doesn't use them much. But he said those two words are hard times. So that could be a glimpse into what type of match we're getting between Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. So he mentioned hard times. He got all fired up and told the crowd to enjoy Raw and said he loves them very much, and he leaves the ring. He goes outside to hug his family at ringside, and Lesnar's music all of a sudden plays. Cody looked for Lesnar. Lesnar did not come out. So the theme music played, and nobody showed up. He got all ready to attack, and he let his guard down. So he walks away, and then all of a sudden, the theme music shows up on the Titan Tron again. Starts to play again. And all of a sudden, Brock Lesnar again. No show. So Cody goes to the back, and then we see a steel chair fly out from gorilla position, and Brock Lesnar emerges after 
basically toying with Cody Rhodes, luring him to the back. Who hit his theme music? I don't know. Did he pay Kevin Dunn off in wood? I, I don't know. Who hit Brock Lesnar's theme? Was Brock Lesnar in the truck and then all of a sudden emerged from the back? Was he toying with Cody Rhodes? Who played Lesnar's music twice? These are the questions that I have that nobody will ask. Will, will, will ask. You, you'll never find these, these questions anywhere else. You'll never find these answers. Who hit Brock Lesnar's music twice to lure Cody Rhodes to the back? Kind of sounds ridiculous, no? Now, I thought, I thought after the first one that Lesnar was not going to show up via the stage. I thought Lesnar was going to show up and F5 his mother outside, Cody's mother. I thought he was going to beat up a family member or choke a family member, which I was actually hoping for because it would have given me a nice chuckle and it would have given me at least something to sink my teeth into regarding this story. So a chair flies out of Gorilla and Cody is being beat up by Lesnar in the aisleway and he bashed him across the back with the steel chair, did Lesnar, several times. He whipped him into the ringside uh, apron and then he whipped him into the barricade and rammed him back first into the ring post. He then puts Cody in front of his family, in front of his mother. He lifts Cody up and he delivers an F5 right in front of Cody's mom sitting at ringside. He gets up and he starts smiling towards Michelle Rhodes, towards Cody's mom. Now, I can't hate this because I love when Lesnar goes into this type of mode and smiles at a family member sitting at ringside after he caused chaos and destruction. I love it. This was fucking great. Lesnar threw Cody into the ring. He applied the Kimura lock. Uh Uh-oh! Uh-oh! Is Cody Rhodes going to have a broken arm again going into SummerSlam, man? You know Cody with the broken arm. He had the bionic cast. What's going to happen here, man? Kimura lock again on Cody Rhodes, man. What are we going to do here, Vince? Is he going to show up with the cast at SummerSlam? Are you going to stack the odds against Cody? Fucking stupid, man. Another Kimura lock. No, the Kimura lock didn't break his arm this time, but it broke it last time. Sure thing. Fans booed. He says, challenge accepted. I'll see you at SummerSlam, bitch. And then he walks away. He walks away. WWE has signed this match. Don't care. Don't care. I don't have any interest for it. It is basically, it's basically run its course. And Cody's going to get the win at SummerSlam. He's going to emerge victorious. The one thing that I am looking forward to is that Monday Night Raw after SummerSlam where they take Cody Rhodes next. He's already said he's next in line. He's next in line for what? He's next in line for a latte at Starbucks. Maybe it's a cold brew at Dunkin'. I don't know. He's next in line at Target to check out. What is he next in line for? He's next in line for a world championship. I don't know. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire 
faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's the one part I'm interested, not the match, not the stipulation, not how we get to a conclusion. I don't give a fuck about any one of those things. The one thing I care about most is what we do with Cody after SummerSlam is over on that Raw after Mania. For all we know, Vince is going to fucking continue this and Lesnar's going to attack him again after SummerSlam. That's what I'm interested in. So it's going to be quite the scene. On the Raw after SummerSlam, which typically is always an important show. It's usually the Raw after Mania. That sucks. And then the Raw after SummerSlam. So we'll see what WWE does. But that is what I'm interested in for sure. We go right to the action here. Gunther. Gunther versus Matt Riddle. This was not for the Intercontinental title. This was a non-title match. And Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser. They were banned from ringside. So we got the bell ringing and we get a nine minute match. These guys could go double that and deliver a classic, but they've been riddled, no pun intended, with no time to really get into anything. I'll tell you why, man, for an eight minute, nine minute match, this was a hard hitting fucking match. They threw some bombs out there. Riddle leapt off the ring steps. Gunther chopped him out of midair. Hit Riddle with a body slam. We go to a commercial break. And they start exchanging strikes. Riddle hit an exploder suplex on Gunther. Gunther responded with some chops. Riddle came back with kicks to the chest. Gunther chopped him again. Some of Gunther's chops on Matt Riddle were absolutely gunshot-like. Holy shit. You know, Matt Riddle's going to have to fucking sit down and uh, smoke a few to uh, get rid of the pain that he's probably feeling tonight after those Gunther chops. Holy shit. So Gunther chopped him again. Repeated chops, hit a German suplex on Matt Riddle, and a clothesline which looked like it knocked Riddle into the next fucking dimension. Riddle back with some kicks, hit a sliding knee. He goes for a cover on Gunther, gets a two count. Riddle went for floating bro off the top rope, and Gunther got the knees up. Gunther followed with his, uh, I don't even know what the fuck you call it, man, a King Kong dropkick. Gunther's got a scary-looking fucking dropkick, man. Great-looking dropkick. Powerbomb, stacked him up. One, two, three, and Gunther basically gets the... I don't want to say squash, but the dominating victory over Matt Riddle tonight. Some good stuff that they had for the time that they were given. I mean, I really wish, I, I really wish that this was a legit feud. And they were given like 18, 19, 20 minutes to go out there and, and do what I know Gunther can do and, and Matt Riddle could do. But it's not about Matt Riddle. It's about Gunther. And it's not Matt Riddle who's going to take the title off of Gunther, it's potentially Drew McIntyre, the guy that Riddle has now befriended. After the match was over, Gunther stood on the announce desk 
And he said, tonight is the greatest night of everyone's lives, sad lives here in Atlanta. He says they have just seen the greatest intercontinental heavyweight champion of all time. He said Riddle is done and he's building a legacy. He said, Drew McIntyre, you can step up to try and ride on Mike Coattail, but like everyone else, he will fall victim to the ring general, Gunther. Now, I said this on Twitter, and I'm sure a lot of you guys agree with me. I've lived through some of the greatest of all time. I know some of you are my age. You live through some of the greatest of all time, man. Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Triple H, Bret Hart, Mr. Perfect, Razor Ramon, Gold Dust. You know, you can, Shawn Michaels, you can name them off to me. The Ultimate Warrior, the Texas Tornado, Tatanka, some of the greatest intercontinental champions of all time. You could sit there and list off everybody that you grew up watching. Gunther, it is easy for me to say, man, as it rolls off the tongue. Gunther is the greatest intercontinental champion of our generation. And nobody, nobody is close. Simple. If there's one thing that this, and I'm going to use this loosely because it's not really his administration. It's still Vince McMahon's administration But Triple H, when he was solely in charge, made it clear as day what his direction was. Build up the secondary titles on WWE television. I don't know why the United States title title has fallen victim to shit booking lately. But the Intercontinental Championship has been revitalized. I mean, it is the title. This is what I'm afraid of. After Gunther, what are they going to do with it? Gunther's done everything he could for this title. What are they going to do with the title after he eventually loses it? He's not going to hold the title forever. Are they going to keep that same energy with the next champion? The same energy that they've shown Gunther. The greatest intercontinental champion ever. The Miz. I mean, uh, The Miz is not even in, in, in comparison to, to, to Gunther. Why are we, why are we labeling Miz uh, as a contender to Gunther's throne? No. Absolutely not. He's not even on the same fucking planet. I mean, give me a break with this shit. But the way that they've handled Gunther is, if you look at the Triple H administration, I've said this several times, the best creative thing that Triple H has done by being somewhat in charge of creative. He's been phenomenal. And it's amazing, man. You know when they say the man makes the title, the title doesn't make the man? Gunther inherited an intercontinental title that Vince McMahon absolutely fucking pissed on. Bruce Prichard pissed on the intercontinental title. The man makes the title. Do you want to know how good Gunther is? Look at where the intercontinental title was. Before he took hold of it, and look at what he's done with it. So when they say the man makes the title, Gunther is the absolute, no question about it, greatest example of that statement. And when you hear that statement, and when you use that statement, you're going to thank Gunther and the Intercontinental title on WWE television. Simple. 
He is absolutely fucking incredible. He is a god. He's a legend right now in the industry, is Gunther. He's reached fucking immortal status as far as I'm concerned. The guy could do no wrong. He can do absolutely no wrong. And when he wins the world championship, because you know it's going to happen, and if it doesn't happen, there's a fucking problem. When he wins the World Heavyweight Championship, the World Heavyweight Championship will also be elevated in the same way he did it for the Intercontinental title. And for the first time, not taking anything away from Rollins, because Rollins is a very good champion, the World Championship will ultimately be on the level of all the greats when Gunther has it. It will be the title. It will be the title everybody wants when Gunther holds it. Mark my words. Mark my words. Jackie Redmond interviewed Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez backstage. Raquel said, the tougher the battle, the sweeter the victory. Liv listed opponents that she would love to step into the ring with to defend those tag team titles. In walked Rhea Ripley. Not even me, huh? She says. Rodriguez looked directly at her, and Rodriguez says, not even you. And they said that because they're not afraid of any challenge. Rhea said, not even me, not afraid of me. And Raquel looked at her and said, nope, not even you. Liv began talking, and she was basically treated like a scrub here. And Ripley headbutted Liv Morgan violently. Raquel and Ripley brawled. Referees and officials quickly separated them. Rodriguez clutched at her, at her knee, and Liv asked if she was okay. And they did a little injury angle here with Raquel and the knee. Are they going to be able to defend the tag team titles here tonight? And are they going to be able to successfully defend them? Win them, retain them, with Rhea Ripley being the cause of their downfall. That is what the story is here. So, Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan are already going through problems as the newly crowned women's tag team champions. Judgment Day. Rhea Ripley went from beating the shit out of Raquel Rodriguez to out in the ring with Judgment Day. So they make their way down the aisle. They get into the ring, and Judgment Day is addressing the Atlanta crowd, and Rhea Ripley takes the microphone first and said, people thought they were going to break up, but they're together tonight. She said, no one can stop the Judgment Day. She says, they just don't run raw. They dominate it. She said, Raquel just found out in the back what she means. She said, Damian Priest and Finn Balor will become world champions. How can two members of Judgment Day become world champions when, when there's only one championship? I found that a little bizarre that she said that. Is that a little inside glimpse into what's going to happen at SummerSlam? I have this thing, man. I'm trying to conjure up a vision here with Finn Balor and Seth Rollins. The way I potentially see it, if WWE wants to get frisky at SummerSlam, WWE can have Finn Balor beat Seth Rollins at SummerSlam for Damian Priest to cash in on Finn Balor and win the World's Heavyweight Championship, ultimately taking the title away from Finn after he won it again. The last time it happened was seven years ago. Finn Balor won the championship, but he got injured in the process. He only held the championship for 24 hours. 
Imagine it happening again, and he wins the title at SummerSlam, only to have the title taken away from him in 24 seconds by Damian Priest. Now, WWE, if they want to get frisky, man, I don't know if I'd mind that so much. It's potential that could play out. Potential scenario that could play out at SummerSlam. But what did Rhea Ripley mean by that? Finn Balor and Damian Priest are both going to be world champions. The way that I just laid it out for you, that would mean that both of those guys would be world champions now, right? Balor beats Rollins. Priest pins uh, Balor by cashing in the briefcase and the contract to win the World's Heavyweight Championship. Boom. Balor and Priest are both world champions. She wasn't lying. I don't know. We'll see what happens. So she then said tomorrow night, her Latino Heat and Dirty Dom will become the NXT North American champion. Why would we have Dominic Mysterio? First of all, why is Judgment Day on Tuesday night? Does anybody, can anyone answer me this question? Does anybody know why Judgment Day has been regulars on Tuesday night? I mean, what are, what are we doing on NXT? Does anything make sense down there? It seems like... NXT is getting a little bit more fucking wild, wild west. Like, nothing makes sense. They throw shit at the wall and hope it sticks, and they don't give a fuck what they do down there. Why is Judgment Day on Tuesday night? Why is Dominic Mysterio getting a North American Championship match against Wesley? I don't want to see Wesley lose the championship. Wesley is one of my favorite things about the fucking show. Dominic Mysterio is going to beat Wesley? Nah, come on, man. Ridiculous. Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo Hayes, man. Is that the reason why they're down there? They got a problem with Carmelo Hayes? I don't know. We'll see. You know what I think it is for? I think they're desperate for fucking ratings on Tuesday night. That's what I think they're desperate for. That's why they're using Judgment Day down there. Oh, uh, let's get ratings. Let's, let, let's have four main roster talents on, on Tuesday night. Judgment Day on Tuesday night. That'll bring them in. You fucking break. Dom began talking about tomorrow night. Fans drowned him out with booze. Doesn't really feel the same anymore when Dominic gets drowned out by booze. You know, all the all the simps and the geeks online, they, they rave for it. Oh, Dominic is so over, man. He's, get, he's a heat magnet. Does nothing for me anymore, man. We see it every fucking week. So... He said he was going to beat Wesley for the North American title. Good luck with that. Priest said, they get it. They get it. Crowd is booing Dom. Yeah, we get it. We get it. Shut the fuck up. All your boos won't change the fact that Dominic will win the NXT North American title. He held up his Money in the Bank briefcase and said their boos won't stop him from becoming the world champion. He told Balor, listen, you get the first crack at Seth Rollins. Balor told Priest, I love you, bro. I love you. Balor said the issues that he has with Seth Rollins will never be over until his arm is raised as the new world heavyweight champion. Dominic tried to talk again, more booze. He ranted in Spanish, and then he was interrupted by Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. So the tag team champions are out there. This is a setup for the main event, clearly. Sami says he thinks he has a pretty good relationship with the WWE Universe. They like me. I like them. He says he tends to know what they like and what they dislike. He said he wanted to ask about one thing, though. Did you pay your hard-earned money to come here tonight and listen to Dominic Mysterio talk? 
Fans booed. He asked if instead they paid their hard-earned money to see someone shut Dominic's mouth on Monday night. Crowd cheered. He says they're all in luck because they're going to face Priest and Balor tonight. Priest says lately, Judgment Day has been focused on singles titles. But I see belts that will look great in the Judgment Day, meaning the tag team titles. He told them to put their titles on the line tonight if you want to fight. Sammy thought about it and said, you know, that's not a bad idea. So fans chanted, yes, yes, yes. He looks over at Kevin Owens. said, Kevin Owens seems agitated after listening to Judgment Day talk for five minutes. I'm going to leave the floor to Kevin Owens. He'll answer you. He'll give you the answer that you want. And Kevin Owens was shocked. You're going to let me express my feelings tonight to Judgment Day, huh? I can say anything I want, anything my heart desires. Owens asked Sammy, are you sure? Sammy said yes. Kevin Owens yelled that as long as he can stun Damian Priest and put his fist through Dominic's face, that they're on. He shouted, let's go. And we got ourselves a tag team title match tonight against the Judgment Day. Don't know why WWE didn't save this for SummerSlam because I don't know where Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn go into SummerSlam. So it's going to be very interesting to see if they do get them on the show or if they are going to miss Detroit. And if we do get a match, the only likely scenario would be a rematch with Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio because of the interference that happened in tonight's match. They could definitely play that off as a rematch needing to happen because of Liv Morgan. So we will talk about that a little bit later and go over how exactly that went down tonight in the main event. But this was your main event for the tag team titles. We go into hour two. Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan versus Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. This was for the women's tag team championships. Nothing really special here. The outcome was the most important part of it all. They gave these women five minutes. Surprised it didn't go two minutes. Vince was generous tonight. He gave them five minutes. DeVille starts the match immediately with Liv and does a jumping knee strike. She started on fire, did Sonya DeVille. Sonya DeVille is very underrated. I do believe she's very underrated. Sonya DeVille applied a half crab on Rodriguez, injured knee, Uh, As soon as Rodriguez was tagged in, and she held on as long as she could, Morgan finally broke it up. Morgan tagged in, hit Chelsea with a code breaker, then Oblivion, but DeVille broke up the cover with another knee strike. DeVille shot blocked Rodriguez outside the ring before giving Morgan a cheap shot with the referee's back turned. Green hit it on Prettier. I guess guess that's her finishing move. She didn't really execute it all that well tonight, the unprettier or, or something like that. I don't know what she's calling it. Uh, Morgan tried fighting off both women with Rodriguez out on the outside and hit Green with, uh, or Chelsea actually, hit Liv with another umpretier and DeVille followed with a running knee strike and that was basically it. It was very quick and they really played off Rodriguez's knee injury and Liv Morgan fought most of this match two-on-one. DeVille and Sonia, uh, DeVille and Sonia, uh, Sonia and Chelsea are the new women's tag team champions. Fireworks went off as the villain Green posed with the championships and Morgan sat with Rodriguez as medical staff came over to check on her leg. I said this in the open, you know, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. You could go back to when, when uh, 
Shayna and Ronda were the tag team champions. Shayna and Ronda beat Isla Dawn and Alba Fire for the women's tag team championships. And I, you know, it, it bothers me that WWE has all this talent in the company and, and they don't know what to do with them. See, this bothers me. Wasted talent. They got a whole developmental system. They go through a whole fucking draft and then they don't utilize who they called up. Now, I'm not the biggest Isla Dawn and Alba Fire fan. I'm, I'm a fan of them individually. I never really understood them as a tag team. They make a good tag team. Don't get me wrong. But Alba Fire has busted her ass in NXT to get called up to the main roster. Isla Dawn is very good. The gimmick is a little iffy. They got that dark arts, witchcraft type gimmick. You know, it's hit or miss. Some people like it. Some people don't. Sometimes it's too much. Not really relatable. But that doesn't take anything away from their in-ring. They brought them up as NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. WWE clearly had no vision for the tag team titles at all, NXT or the main roster. And after weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, we finally got a solution. They did a unification match. Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green were always going to be in the mix, but with Ronda and Shayna winning those titles, they were the tag team champions. And now you drop the titles from from. Ronda and Shayna to Liv and Raquel because Ronda wants to go bye-bye only for Liv and Raquel to drop it to Chelsea and Sonya. So the original, the original team of Isla Dawn and Alba Fire, they, they, they got fucked over. Now, they could still factor into the tag team division, but after that, I honestly feel, and I've been watching this product for way too long to really, you know to really go out there and, and be wrong about this. Uh, they, they've proved all that they needed to do to WWE. The, the WWE used them for what they needed to use them for, and that was it. It's like they rinsed out, they, they, they rinsed out the sponge, they, they squeezed the sponge, you know, and, and that was it. So now what? We go from Ronda Shayna, Isla Dawn, Alba Fire, to Ronda Shayna, Ronda Shayna to Liv and Raquel, to live in Raquel, you know, from them to Sonia and Chelsea Green. All in a span of a month. Like, what are we doing? You guys like hot potatoing the fucking title? Now, I don't even know why I'm wasting my breath on this. The women's tag team titles are fucking waste. They are. Who gives a shit about them? Do you? I know I don't. They should be fucking burned and thrown into the fucking Atlantic Ocean. Who gives a fuck? I don't understand why these titles are such a priority in the company. There's three fucking tag teams in the division. You're looking at one of them who won the titles tonight. And they're not even a real team. They're just two women thrown together. Two singles women thrown together. You got Isla Dawn and Alba Fire. You got Katana Chance and Kaden Carter. And that is it. What are we doing? I don't understand where WWE's going with this. Their priorities are fucked up. Rhea needs competitors. Rhea needs challenges. You should really be honing in on who you want to push in the women's division as a solo act. That's what you need to do. Meanwhile, everybody's wasting away. WWE pairs these fucking tag teams together with no rhyme or reason, and this is the result of it. Liv 
Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez dropped the titles tonight because Rhea has no competition. It is better for WWE to give Rhea and Raquel a shot. Uh, it's, it's better for WWE to give Liv and Raquel a shot at Rhea without the titles than with them as tag team champions because that would have been a terrible look. And at that point, I would have even doubled down, tripled down, quadrupled down on why the tag team titles are fucking worthless. They could not challenge Rhea as tag team champions. It would have been disastrous. It would have been terrible creative. So the reason why Liv and Raquel lost was because they are better off for Rhea than being the tag team champions. Sonya and Chelsea are the perfect pairing to hold those titles for a little bit, to then drop them to a hot baby face team. And I hope WWE builds up Caden Carter and Katana Chance to take those titles off of Chelsea and Sonya. That's the team that should be holding those titles, a heel team to get them over to the next baby face team, which is going to be those two ladies, who's the best tag team right now in all of WWE's women's division. Seriously. So that's why they lost tonight. And it's going to be Liv Morgan. It looks like it's going to be Liv Morgan versus Rhea Ripley at SummerSlam. So if you guys want to know why, what happened tonight, what was the reason, that's the reason. They did this with Sasha and Naomi. WWE, the rumors, and I believe it 1,000%. WWE wanted Sasha versus Ronda and Naomi versus Bianca last year. Well, they were tag team champions. And the report cited that WWE wanted those women to put over the current champions. They wanted Sasha to help put over Ronda. And they wanted Naomi to help put over Bianca. But we just won the tag team titles and we're a tag team. We're the tag team champions, yet you want to disband us, neglect the tag team division, and use us as singles to put over the current champions? Man, I went off on that. Several weeks. That was terrible. That's what WWE was looking at if they kept the titles on Raquel and Liv Morgan. You did not want to repeat that. You did not want to repeat anything regarding that. So we got new tag team champions tonight. Sonya and Chelsea win. Does it matter? No. It doesn't matter because the titles don't matter. Byron Saxton. He's backstage with Seth. Freaking Rollins. WWE's giving nicknames to everybody. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Sit-down interview with Seth Rollins and Byron Saxon. This was actually my favorite part of the entire Monday Night Raw tonight. They went backstage with Seth and Byron. Saxon asked what his plans are for SummerSlam regarding defending his World Heavyweight title. Seth says he has big plans. He listed off a list of challengers. And Balor has earned a place on his list. He listed Damian Priest. He mentioned Drew McIntyre. He mentioned Kevin Owens. He mentioned Gunther. And in walks Finn Balor. He looks over at Byron says, I could take it from here. He pulls up a steel chair, takes a seat, sits in the chair backwards, looking face-to-face at Seth Rollins. Rollins was all happy and eclectic tonight. As soon as he saw Balor, he went from happy and smiling to very serious. And when Rollins is serious, that's when the best Rollins comes out. He sat in front of Seth. He says he wants this rematch for the world title, and he doesn't care how many others 
are contenders. The line starts with me. He told Seth the issues between them are far from over, so he should talk to Pierce and make the match happen. Seth says he understands where he's coming from, but he has to stop living in the past. Balor says he's not living in the past. He's living in chaos. He says he's going to hurt Seth and laugh in his face and laugh in his face and alter his career forever. So he's going to beat Seth, laugh in his face, alter his career forever. And Seth stared at him and he got a little bit more serious. And he said the title is bigger than his personal vendetta. He says it's bigger than both of them. If you want to settle a score, we don't need to have a match because we can do that right here. Take your shot or get out of my face. Balor smiled, backed away, said cool. He stood and knocked over his chair, turned and left. Seth Rollins looks back at the production crew and says, are we done here? Are we finished? Good. Takes off his microphone. All of a sudden, Balor launched himself at Rollins and started putting the boots to him, beating the shit out of him right there. Balor got the one up on Rollins. Balor looked down at him and said, make the match. This was great. This was great. This is the best Finn Balor that we've seen on the main roster, period, in WWE. Balor has reached his high point on the main roster. This was excellent. You know, I tell you guys all the time. I tell you guys all the time. There is a clash of styles in WWE creative. Some things are Vince. Some things are Triple H. You guys know this for a fact. I don't need to tell you what's Triple H and what's Vince. Nikki Cross wrestled tonight against Shayna Baszler and lost in fucking 20 seconds. Clearly a Vince thing. Vince has some say on what happens on the show. Triple H has some say on what happens on the show. That's the way of WWE creative. This was a Triple H segment. This was Triple H all the way. Do you want to know why? Because I think back to 2017 when Samoa Joe was feuding with Shinsuke Nakamura in NXT Black and Gold for the NXT World Championship. They had a very similar sit-down to what Balor and Rollins had here tonight. This was a page right out of the Triple H Black and Gold playbook. This was great. This was fantastic television. If WWE could do more of this on the main roster, more of this genuine, real, organic, face-to-face type of shit, breaking away from the normal, oh, I'm Byron Saxton, let me interview you, you know, you know, backstage or have Kathy Kelly interview somebody or send someone out to the fucking ring to cut a promo in the same formulaic, generic WWE way because they can't break their fucking formula. This is what I want to see. Shit like this. This was so NXT to me. It felt like I was watching an NXT segment on a build towards a major takeover show. So some essence of black and gold still remains. Because this was Triple H 1000%. Beautiful segment. Love this. It should be more of this on Monday night. Especially when you're building towards a major championship match or a hot feud. That's what they did here. 
Viking Raiders. Eric and Ivar with Valhalla against Alpha Academy, Chad Gable, and Otis with Maxine Dupree. Titus O'Neil. He came out of the kitchen for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes. He said, you know what? I got a pie in the oven. Let me come out and do some commentary. Titus is on Monday Night Raw doing some color commentary. Tell me when I am telling lies, people. Tell me. Titus O'Neil is more enjoyable to listen to on commentary than Kevin Patrick. That's the vibe I got tonight. Titus O'Neil should be fucking color commentary. Corey Graves should be the fucking play-by-play guy. That's the vibe that I got tonight. Kevin Patrick sucks. Every week, I think the same thing to myself. I haven't said it on the show in in months because you guys you guys already know. I don't need to fucking tell you what you already know, right? You know he sucks. Kevin Patrick fucking sucks. He is awful. I'm sure he's a beautiful man. I, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he's a swell guy who would be a fucking great partner to go to the goddamn bar with and drop a couple of Guinness, right? The guy sucks. He is just awful at his job. I don't know who made that decision to put him on fucking commentary, but he is awful. And he, the, he, WWE Raw, if you want to start at the top of what needs to be fixed on this show, that's what needs to be fixed. How can we watch AEW Collision on Saturday night? Tony Khan has Kevin Kelly, who's one of the best play-by-play guys in the business, and then a backup to Kevin Kelly and Ian Riccoboni. How can Tony Khan have two guys of that quality on his commentary team and WWE can't find one fucking guy to fill this guy's shoes? I mean, holy shit. Gotta be something going on there. Viking Raiders, Alpha Academy, Viking Rules match. The last time we saw one of these matches, which is basically an ODQ match, was against the New Day on SmackDown last year, and that was great. That was a great match, great TV match. This was a great TV match. Chris Allison, Corey is also terrible. You're a complete fucking idiot. Corey Graves is the best color man in the business. Tell me when I'm telling lies. You don't like him? Why, bro? Because he bagged a woman like Carmella and you can't? I'm sorry. Chris Allison's probably sitting there with fucking 500 pounds of fat sitting next to him in bed every night. Why do you hate Corey Graves? Corey Graves is fucking great at his job. Whether you like him or not, you can't take that away from him. Again, tell me when I'm fucking lying to you guys. What a fucking idiot. What a stupid fucking comment. Honestly. I don't know why WWE... You know what? I don't know why WWE got rid of Tom Phillips. Why did WWE... Impact! Impact! Wrestling has a better commentary team than fucking WWE. On Raw. They got rid of Tom Phillips. How the fuck do you get rid of Tom Phillips? And have Kevin Patrick... Doing play-by-play on Monday night. I don't get it. Corey Graves carries this... Without Corey Graves, this this commentary team is six feet under. Jesus Christ. 
How can you say Corey is terrible? What a terrible fucking opinion. My God. This match was great. Viking rules matches, they're awesome. And I'm glad the Viking Raiders won this thing, man. It's their match. It is their match. They should win these matches. It's their rules. Who's going to be the first team to beat the Viking Raiders at their own game? I like it. Titus O'Neill was on commentary. This was fun. Right from the start. Fun. So we got the front section of the ring with the aisleway side. They got this Viking, this, this like it would look like a Viking boat. It's got like a little dragon on it. Love it. They got shields strewn about by ringside, Viking shields. Really good. Otis yelled, get the tables. As soon as the match started, throw back to the Dudleys. And he was stopped by Eric. Ivar tried to springboard cross body, but Otis caught him and hit a power slam, which looked fucking great. Otis is great. I love Otis. I love, I love Gable. I love Alpha Academy. I think they're fucking awesome. Gable and Otis, they were in control. They came back from, from a commercial break, and Ivar hit Otis with a moonsault. Gable broke up the cover with a moonsault of his own. Gable followed with a... Gable fucking did a German bridging suplex on Ivar. Is Gable a fucking beast or what? Holy shit. Gable followed with this impressive German suplex on Ivar. Eric broke up the cover. Crowd is hot. Atlanta was great all night, man. They were into everything. Loved Atlanta tonight. They should be on fire, man. The Braves are fucking uh, 19 and a half games out of the New York Mets, man. Look at that. Oh, man. They're playing World Series baseball up until fucking October, and then they get swept in the first round. Uh, Eric and Gable exchanged strikes until Gable hit an exploder suplex, a diving headbutt. Valhalla broke up the cover. Maxine comes in, took her out with a flying crossbody. Gable takes the Alpha Academy jacket that Valhalla stole, put it on Maxine. She's in the ring, and she does, thank you. All of a sudden, Valhalla comes out of nowhere. There's a table propped up in the corner, and Valhalla spears Maxine through the table with the jacket on. I'm surprised Maxine took that type of bump, man. Welcome to WWE, Maxine Dupree. You got to go through your trials and tribulations. This was her first no DQ match. There you go. There you go. You're earning your stripes. So after that great looking spot, Gable put the jacket on her. She goes through the table. The Viking Raiders drove Gable into some shields that were propped up in the opposite corner. Otis ran over both Raiders. He slammed Ivar, gave Eric a fallaway slam. Otis is on fire here, hit the Caterpillar. On Ivar, Valhalla jumps on the apron. Otis is going for a Vader bomb on Ivar. She slapped him right in the fucking face. He's stunned on the top rope. Raiders bring down Otis with a double power bomb off the middle rope. One, two, three, road to Valhalla. They did not make it past Valhalla, did the Alpha Academy. One, two, three, and the Viking Raiders win. The second ever Viking rules match. This was awesome. This was awesome. Didn't really care for the feud. I didn't care for Maxine and her uh, training with Alpha Academy, but this was a damn good fucking match. Good TV match, man. 
Shayna Baszler and Nikki Cross. If I gave you guys a question and a test, this was a question on a test, and I told you to guess how long Nikki Cross and Shayna Baszler went on Monday Night Raw, and you guessed two minutes, you were wrong. Well, JD, well, how, how much time did they get? It was less than two minutes. 60 seconds? No, they didn't, they didn't even go 60 seconds. They went 20 seconds. Nikki Cross was told to fly into Atlanta, Georgia, sit around all day, get her makeup on, get ready, put your ring gear on, get ready to go out there and lose to Shayna Baszler in 20 seconds. If you need to know what WWE thinks of Nikki Cross, this 20-second tap out to Shayna Baszler is all you need to know. I would not be surprised that when budget cuts happen, because you know they're coming, and when they come, when they happen, we'll be right here live going over every fucking one of them. Telling you, I told you so. I told you so. I knew it. If Nikki Cross doesn't end up with a contract that expires and she ends up leaving on her own, Nikki Cross is absolutely getting budget cut in WWE. Ridiculous. Same thing with Piper Niven. Who? Yeah, who? Piper Niven hasn't been on TV since they changed her name back to Piper Niven. Now, she's been on TV but since when? Before WrestleMania? What the fuck did she do? I don't even remember what she did. I can't even remember the last fucking time she was on TV. The last time I remember she was on TV, she was Joe Drop. These types of talents are the talents that I mentioned earlier. WWE's got a great, talented women's division. Where is Indy Hartwell? Where is Candice LeRae? Where is Tegan Knox? Where is Nikki Cross? Where is Piper Niven? Are they fucking serious? Oh, the WWE's got depth problems. No shit. WWE, JD's a womanizer. He's a hater. He hates women. I'm the biggest advocate for women's wrestling that you'll find in this space, bitch. You kidding me? Why does JD think the women's division sucks? I just gave you five fucking women. Where the fuck are they? 20 seconds? Disgusting. You can't be serious with this shit. Then I'll have a fucking geek tell me online, what does JD think Vince books everything? I'm sorry, wasn't it Triple H who wanted sanity back on television? Were we getting sanity or something that was reminiscent of sanity back on television? Nikki Cross was alluding to her friends coming back. That could have been Killian Dane. That could have been Eric Young. Could have been Alexander Wolf for all we fucking know. Sanity would have been brought back, right? Remember that? You probably don't. I remember. They dropped it like a sack of shit. Why did they drop it? Because Vince fucking dropped it. That's why. You think Triple H would bury Nikki Cross in 20 fucking seconds? Of all the women you have, you're going to bury Nikki Cross. 
WWE could have easily found an Atlanta local talent to bury in 20 seconds if they wanted to get the fucking point across. They got to bury Nikki Cross. Give me a fucking break. Ridiculous. Why use her out of everybody else? Twenty seconds. Kira for the clutch submission. Tap out. Goodbye. Ronda Rousey shows up. She's in the skybox with a microphone, and she's yelling down to Shayna Baszler about the breakup of their tag team. Ronda proclaims, and the crowd goes mild after the match. Rousey stood up in the upper deck and cut a promo on Shayna Baszler. Don't know why she has a microphone to begin with. I thought WWE might have learned their lesson with Ronda and microphones. Rousey said she could have taken the long way through the door in WWE or go through the back door by earning a historic Olympic medal in judo and having an earth-shattering UFC career. She got thrown into the Wolves, and by being put into a WWE ring with no training and developed a Hall of Fame career out of it in just one year. She did everything in a fraction of the time it took Shayna Baszler to do it, and she still eclipsed her in everything. Rousey called herself the greatest combat sports athlete of all time, and the crowd went mild. The crowd went mild for Ronda. fucking coma. That's what she does when she's got a microphone in her hand. WWE should learn a fucking lesson. So, she calls herself the greatest combat sports athlete of all time. Rousey said Baszler is just a knockoff version of her. <laughs> oh, man. Ronda, Ronda's a fucking comedian, man. She's now, she's now a comedian like Dolph Ziggler, right? I thought we had one pro wrestler turned comedian. Now we got two. So Baszler, she said, she is a better Ronda in the ring than the real Ronda Rousey. This is what she said. She said that she is a better Ronda than Ronda. Shayna Baszler is telling lies. You can't. You can't do it, man. She says she's better than Ronda. Baszler then says after that, she challenged her to a fight right now. Rousey said no and put her legs up in the skybox as if she's lounging at home. 
Baszler went into the crowd and was going to go after her, but Rousey got up and said that she would do Baszler a favor and finally get her booked on SummerSlam. I'll see you in Motor City, bitch. And that's the way the segment came to a close. So we got Shayna and Ronda in a SummerSlam match. So that would make three, you know, four, four women's matches at SummerSlam. That's a lot of women's matches, man. We got Charlotte versus Asuka versus Bianca. We have, obviously, the other championship. If that title is defended, then Rhea has to defend her title. So we got the SmackDown side covered. Then we got Rhea versus Liv Morgan. That's two. We got Becky versus Trish at SummerSlam. That's three. I mean, that match should be on the fucking pre-show with how awful the feud is. I mean, give me a fucking break. I mean, if there's one match that we have to omit here, I would omit that one. And then we got Ronda versus Shayna. Four women's matches at SummerSlam. I didn't know we were getting a Evolution Part 2 here. I mean, one of these matches needs to be omitted. Seriously. I don't know what we do. Maybe Rhea doesn't get a title match against Liv at SummerSlam. Maybe they save that for a Monday Night Raw. There's no heat to it. It literally came about tonight. You got two weeks left to go. Who, who gives a shit? Becky, Becky and, and, and Trish, I mean, they're, they're treading water like the fucking... Uh, Like the Titanic over here. I mean, who gives a shit about this fucking feud? Nobody cares. They are trying to make it sound so important, and they failed every single week leading up to tonight. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares. Then we got Shayna and Ronda. I mean, Ronda is clearly going to get a SummerSlam match over everybody else. Now we're doing this one-on-one match, and then... What happens? I got questions. I have questions here. Legitimately, what happens? Where does Shayna go from here? Ronda and all the rumors about her leaving, they seem to be true. Some people say that the rumors are false and that there's no truth to the the rumors that Ronda is going to go back to the UFC. Ariel Hawani said the rumors are debunked and they're not real. Who knows? They got to be real. You think WWE would have taken the tag team titles off of these two women if Ronda wasn't going anywhere? Yeah, they took the tag team titles off of Ronda and Shayna for Liv and Raquel, for them to drop the fucking titles to Chelsea and Sonya. Give me a fucking break. There's no way that that happened. None. Ronda may be bye-bye. Ronda is gone. Thank God. She's done nothing for WWE television. Actively one of the worst parts of the show. She sucks at everything she does. And her star power has dwindled next to nothing. Nothing. I get more enjoyment when Akira Tozawa is on fucking television than Ronda Rousey. That's how low Ronda has become on WWE television. She's bottom of the barrel right now. She's going to put over Shayna. How much is left in Ronda to put over Shayna? Everybody's acting like, oh, Ronda's going to put over Shayna. The fuck's it gonna do? What is it going to do? Seriously, has anybody legitimately sat down and talked about it? Has have they thought it out? Oh, Rhonda is gonna put over Shayna Baszler. No, she's not. Does Rhonda hold the pen? Does Rhonda hold Shayna's future in her fucking asshole? No, she doesn't. You know who does? Vince McMahon. That's who does. Do you genuinely think 
Vince McMahon is going to push Shayna Baszler on television after her feud with Ronda Rousey. That's where the most important aspect of this comes. What happens to Shayna after this? I don't know. I know what I'd do. I'd go Shayna and Rhea. Remember that? Who beat Shayna Baszler and ended Shayna Baszler's reign on NXT? That dominating reign. Who was it? It was Rhea. Now the tides have turned. Now Rhea is mommy of the division. Shayna was it in NXT. Now it's Rhea on the main roster. Man, would that be a great story to tell for all the fucking geeks that missed out on it the first time? Maybe they should just make me a creative coordinator. Because that's what I do. It's all up to Vince McMahon to approve that and let that one on TV. But that's where I'd go. Never mind Liv and never mind Raquel. That's all great. Rhea's got shit with Raquel, too, that they could tie up and really revisit from their NXT days. Who was the last woman that Raquel beat before she got called up to the main roster? Rhea Ripley. That was it. Or before Rhea Ripley got called up to the main roster, that was. Rhea put over Raquel. She's got history with a lot of these women. But do you genuinely think Ronda is going to put over Shayna and it's going to amount to anything? I mean, the feeling is going to die down as soon as that match is over. It's going to be forgotten. Now, what I do to really make it special is at SummerSlam, we get them in a fight pit match. But I think that uh, that idea has uh, long sailed out into the fucking distance. I don't think that's going to happen here on WWE television. But we will see what happens. We will see what happens. And uh, Ronda and Shayna is now official for SummerSlam. Ricochet was backstage. And Jackie Redmond asked about Logan Paul. Logan and Ricochet is more than likely happening at SummerSlam. And Logan Paul, last time he was face-to-face with Ricochet, says he doesn't want to give Ricochet another viral moment. Ricochet said in WWE, Logan is the joke. He challenged him to meet him next week on Raw in Tampa, Florida, and hurt him where it really hurts. His ego. Ricochet was not a bad promo here. He's getting his uh, promo uh, repetitions in, and he's sounding a little bit better. You might not think so, but they kept it short, sweet, and to the point, and that's what you got to do with Ricochet. Having him go out there and cut a fucking monologue-like promo, not going to work out for good old Ricochet. Short, sweet, and concise is what you need to do. Becky Lynch... Becky Lynch with her fucking ridiculous feud. Becky Lynch, my precious. God, she is awful. She is awful. Ms. TV. Miz is out there. He says he beats. I don't know who he was talking about. He said something about Champa or Champion. Champion. Uh, he, he he botched Champa's name the first time he said it. He said he beat Champa and he's a winner. Maybe in Triple H's eyes he's a winner, not Vince McMahon's eyes. He says he's the biggest winner in all of WWE. He says he played in a big golf tournament next to other celebrities, including. Pat McAfee said McAfee is the most overpaid loser in all sports besides Trey Young, a local NBA star in the Atlanta market. Crowd booed. 
It's a great way to get fucking heat. Just mention a popular sports figure in the general sports area in the city that you're in. Says his guest has been on a downward spiral as of late and is the first woman to main event and win a WrestleMania. Becky made her way out to the ring. We got a clip airing of Zoe Stock beating Lynch last week after a distraction by Trish Stratus. Miz told Becky she lost to Trish. Then she lost that money in the bank. And then last week she lost to Zoe Stark. He asked if Becky lost a step. Becky threw chairs out of the ring, destroyed the Miz TV set, and yelled in Miz's face. This sounded very forced and very unnatural. She said she's lost a lot of things in the last year, including titles and friends and maybe even her mind. Clearly. Clearly. Are we going back to uh, Lord of the Rings, Becky Lynch? Gollum, Becky Lynch. Only time will tell. She said she gets how this stupid little show works. She told him to bring out Trish before you lose your tiny testicles. Great. I guess Bruce Prichard calling himself a great storyteller. This is where he uh, shines in his storytelling, right? Bruce Prichard says he doesn't write the show. He's a great storyteller, though. Sure thing, Bruce. Sure thing. The only thing that you're fucking writing and and the only story that you're great at telling is the fucking food list at Stop and Shop that you go and consume. Fucking slob. Storyteller, my ass. He forgot one very important fucking thing that he does. He's not a writer. He's not a storyteller. He's fucking, uh, you, you know... You know, he's, he's tickling the fucking testicles of Vince McMahon whenever Vince asks, Bruce, my right testicle needs an itching. That's good shit, pal. You fucking break storyteller. When and where has Bruce Pritchard ever been a good storyteller? Holy shit. That was a bit much, said The Miz. And thank you for ruining the surprise. He admitted he had a surprise guest. He introduced Zoe and Trish. So Trish is out there wearing a face mask. I legitimately wanted to get up and just leave the couch and go find something else to do. I can't stand this shit. This shit is fucking garbage. Legitimately garbage. Trish told her to settle down because she's acting like a bratty toddler. Trish brought up Becky's daughter. Becky said, leave my daughter's name out of your mouth. Trish asked what the problem was. What's Becky's problem? This segment is the fucking problem. That's the problem, Trish. She asked why she's so obsessed with her. She got in the ring. Trish thanked Miz for bringing up that she already fought her and won. She said she won't fight her again. She said since she's been back, Becky has had a run of losses. So they're done with Becky and ready to move on. She said this is the perfect place for her to say, thank you, Trish. Becky called Trish a self-centered psychopath. Funny that Trish is a self-centered psychopath. The man that runs this fucking show is also a self-centered psychopath. She said she hit her when she was at her weakest because she knew she couldn't handle her at her strongest. She said she couldn't act like she owes her anything. Well, shouldn't act like she owes her anything. She said she has accomplished more in WWE than Trish ever did. She said she won. I don't think that's the truth. I think that's a lie there, Trish. I have a problem with that. 
if I'm you. She says she wants her to accept a rematch to prove she's as good as she says she is. She asked if she's all talk and the only thing she's good at is hiding behind Stark. Trish agreed to fight her, but only under one condition or a few conditions. She said the fans should shut up, number one. She said she needs to go through Zoe first because she didn't beat her yet. Becky says, done. Trish said Stark is the fastest. (laughs) Oh, man. Jesus Christ, man. Trish said Zoe Stark is the fastest rising (laughs) star. Classic, man. Holy shit. The rising star in WWE. <laughs> Give me a break, man. What are we talking about here? Really? Zoe Stark is the fastest rising star in WWE. Please, please, enough of the garbage. Enough of the garbage. She's not, she won't ever be. Give me a fucking break. WWE's not getting behind Zoe. Not right now, anyway. Fast is rising my fucking ass. Holy shit. The only thing that's fast rising is my anger when I watch this fucking show on a weekly basis. And these two on TV gets me very angry. This shit sucks. She seems overconfident. She told Becky to get on her knees and say, thank you, Trish. Done, says Becky Lynch. Trish said she'll need one more thing. She says she wants her to tattoo thank you, Trish, across her chest. Becky said done. Zoe laughed at all these demands being met by Becky Lynch. They attacked Becky two-on-one. Becky fended them off and ripped Trish's protective mask off and put it on. So the stipulation is... Becky needs to beat Zoe in order to get a match with Trish. I wonder who's going to win that match. I mean, are we for real? So Zoe gets a win over Trish, over uh, Zoe gets a win over Becky, and now you're just going to give the win back to Becky. So what are we doing here? Fast is rising my ass. You fucking serious? Who gives a shit about any of this? They're out there trying to make this thing fucking feel important, yet we can't find a fucking role for the women's champion on this fucking show to defend her championship against a suitable challenger. Meanwhile, this television show has been taken up with segment after segment after segment weekly with this fucking shit, and there's nothing on the line. These women get nothing out of it. Zoe's not getting over Trish is fucking terrible as a heel, and Becky's star power is fucking fading and fading faster than I could fucking blink. You gotta be kidding me. I can't wait for this to be over. The faster this is over, the faster I can get back to enjoying at least one more segment on Monday Night Raw. Maybe. We got this shit happening on fucking television weekly, and this shit is fucking complete garbage. But we can't find television time for Johnny Gargano. 
Something doesn't compute there. Something ain't right there. Bronson Reed. He goes one-on-one with Shinsuke Nakamura. How many times have we seen this fucking match? Why are we getting this again? Didn't we get this match? How many times? It was like a, a cycle of matches with Nakamura and Ricochet. Ricochet and Bronson Reed. R- Bronson Reed and Nakamura. Now we're getting it again. For what? For what? Bronson Reed comes out. His graphic has a new nickname. He's now Big Bronson Reed. Thanks, Vince. Thank you for telling me what I already can see. Bronson Reed's a hefty fellow. I know. I know. Otis is a tree trunk. Bronson Reed is big. Seth Rollins is fucking Seth freaking Rollins. Right? Real bloody Ripley. Dirty Dom. What's with the fucking nicknames on this show, man? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll have some fucking geek... Some fucking basement-dwelling fucking moron on Twitter telling me, this is a Triple H thing. This ain't a fucking Triple H thing. The fuck are you talking about? This is Vince McMahon 101 giving nicknames to these fucking performers. This reminds me of Keith Bearcat Lee. Remember that? You gotta be fucking kidding me. Big? That's the best thing you could come up with. If you're going to give him a nickname, that's the best fucking thing you could come up with? Big? You know, when Moro Ronaldo was on commentary and he was calling NX, I think it was Moro. It might have been somebody else. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. WWE gave a nickname to Bronson Reed when he was in NXT. He had a great looking entrance. He had a fucking entrance with the ramp and the fucking cities uh, behind him on the on the Tron crumbling. He was like a fucking a huge earthquake, right? They called him Colossal Bronson Reed, the Colossal Bronson Reed. That sounded at least fucking cool, right? Here we got big. He's big, Bronson Reed. We got Meechin, Miam. What the fucking nicknames? Holy shit, who else has a nickname that I'm missing? This is your homework in the chat. Who else? Who else is uh who else is looking at a nickname in WWE that I'm missing? We got Senor Priest, Senor Money in the Bank. That's a fucking nickname for Damian Priest. Who else am I missing? Right? Android Charlotte Flair. Who else do we got? Big, big Bronson Reed. Thanks, Vince. Thanks for telling me Bronson Reed is a fat fucking guy without you saying fat Bronson Reed. Great. Who else has got a nickname? The man, the man Becky Lynch. No nickname. Dirty Dom, the Nigerian giant, Omas. It's another one, right? Who else we got? Almighty Bobby Lashley. It's fucking ridiculous. Rowdy Ronda Rousey. The Tribal Chief. I mean, that's a cool one, though. You're giving me cool ones. The Prodigy, Roxanne Perez. Give me a fucking break, man. What is with these fucking nick? Why does everything need a fucking nickname now? Why does everything need a branding? They think this sounds fucking cool? The Poison Pixie. Candice LeRae. 
Give me a fucking break, man. Ridiculous. Totally a Vince McMahon thing. This is fucking Vince 101, bro. Big Bronson Reed, right? Now we can't. Now Colossal doesn't sound good, pal. We got to name him Big. Big Bronson Reed. That's good shit. This match went eight minutes. Bronson Reed won by DQ. Why did he win by DQ? Because Tommaso Ciampa interfered and attacked Bronson Reed. Reed went to climb the top rope. Nakamura stood and kicked him off balance. He then landed a flying knee off the second rope for a near fall. Reed countered a Kinshasa attempt with a body press. Out comes Ciampa, attacks Reed, causes a DQ. Bronson Reed wins by DQ. Nakamura was upset with Ciampa after the match. He yelled out in the middle of the ring. Ciampa patted him on the chest and said, My bad. My bad. Nakamura kicked him down and yelled at Ciampa as he got angry here. And frustrations are understandable, says Corey Graves, in regards to Shinsuke. Are we looking at a Shinsuke Nakamura heel turn here? I don't think that's the right way to go about it. Triple H wanted to push Shinsuke and kind of restart him after Vince fucked him up. And here we are now when Vince got back to doing whatever the fuck he does in this in this company, on this show. Nakamura has taken a significant downgrade on this show. Now they're automatically going to change his perception and, and bring him to a heel now. That's what it looks like to me. Champ is a babyface. He pushed the babyface down. Now he's getting angry. Unless we're going to get a more intense Nakamura. I don't really see them doing that. But what are we doing here? If there is anyone as directionless on Monday Night Raw, it is Shinsuke Nakamura. They don't know what the fuck they want to do. Champa. What are they doing with Champa? Are we building towards Champa and Bronson Reed? Are we building towards Champa and Gargano against Reed and Miz? What are we doing? What are we doing? There was legitimately no follow-up with Reed and The Miz from last week. Bronson Reed just came out of nowhere and attacked Tommaso Ciampa for no reason. And we got zero explanation as why Bronson Reed did what he did. Zero. Yet I'm the negative one. Where's the story? Everybody's like, oh, last week, everybody was like, why are you complaining? This is going to lead to your boy, Johnny Gargano, coming back. Meanwhile, Miz had nothing to do with Bronson Reed this week, was nowhere near Bronson Reed this week, yet I'm supposed to fucking believe Johnny Gargano is going to be brought back here. Unless they decided to do Reed and Nakamura versus DIY. What are we doing? That don't even make sense. That makes little to no sense compared to Miz and Bronson Reed. At least Miz and Bronson Reed had something going on on television. Byron Saxton caught up with Nakamura backstage. He says he's tired of everyone getting in his business. Saxton asked him about Champa. Nakamura stood and yelled, I am tired of everyone getting involved in my business. Thank you for the explanation, Shinsuke. Great. Main event. 
Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio. This was for the WWE Tag Team Championships. I was slightly concerned that WWE would crown new tag team champions here tonight. And I'm glad that they did not. Now, this wasn't the 57-minute classic that FTR and Bullet Club Gold gave us on Collision Saturday night, but this was a fine tag team match in the main event of Monday Night Raw. So, we'll pick it up after the commercial break, and Zayn was being beaten down by Judgment Day. After the break, he made a very hot tag to Kevin Owens. Knocked Dominic and Priest out of the ring. Owens clotheslined both men outside the ring and gave Priest the senton. Owens hit Dom with a frog splash off the apron, did the little Eddie shimmy on the apron before he did it. Owens hit Priest with a cannonball, but Priest got his knees up on a senton bomb attempt. Dominic followed with a frog splash with Zayn broke up the cover. Zayn dumped Priest from the ring. Dom is now in control. You suck Dom, or you... Dom, you suck, Chance. Or you suck, Dom, whatever. Chance. Owens hit him with a pop-up powerbomb. Priest broke up the cover. Zayn tagged in, hit Priest with a tornado DDT for a near fall. Zayn went to the top, and the crowd started chanting, Ole, 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 ole. Speaking of Chance, we didn't get Rollins tonight. Whoa. We didn't get none of that tonight. It's nice to have a break from it for a week, at least, you know? Dominic made a blind tag, dropkick Zayn into the middle rope. Zayn avoided a 6-1-9 and threw Dom from the ring. Owens wiped out Priest with a dive off the apron. Zayn wiped out Dom with a flip dive over the top. Excellent stuff here by the champions. Ripley, real bloody Ripley, gets involved. She drove Owens into the steel steps, leaving Sami Zayn two-on-one with Judgment Day. Zayn tried to point it out to the referee. Priest attacked Zayn with the referee's back turn. Dominic put him in a schoolboy for a near fall. Ripley yelled at the referee. All of a sudden, Liv Morgan ran out and drove Rhea Ripley into the timekeeper's pit. Owens dropped Priest, gets back into the ring with a stunner. Zayn hit Dom with a heluva kick. And one, two, three... The tag team champions retain their titles. The ending sequence, the last two or three minutes, was great. Great stuff here. Great main event. And it's set up, potentially, Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan for SummerSlam for the World Heavyweight Women's Championship. And it sets up, potentially, because of an interference, because Judgment Day got fucked over by Liv Morgan, sets up a rematch, potentially, at SummerSlam between Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Dominic, and uh, and, uh, Damian Priest. Because Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan had their thing going on, and that interfered in the match. So we may get two matches come out of this. But WWE's got to be careful about SummerSlam, man. If you really want to play out SummerSlam and flesh SummerSlam out, you could be looking at 9, 10, 11 matches. WWE's not going to be doing 9, 10, 11 matches at SummerSlam when their premium live events have barely eclipsed three and a half hours. So I don't want to sit here on a, on a fucking Saturday night with a five-hour SummerSlam in front of us. WWE could easily do that, but... We've gone away from that, and the one thing that WWE has done great this year is their PLEs. Quality over quantity. The less you do, the more impactful it is. There's no reason why you can't load up a Raw with some of these matches and load up some SmackDown, you know, with some of these matches. So I hope WWE takes my advice here 
and kind of dwindle SummerSlam down to seven, eight matches tops. We don't need all these matches happening at SummerSlam when you can divide these apart and put them on Raw and on SmackDown and make them feel important leading up to the show on Saturday night. Monday Night Raw, man, was uh, a decent show. I will give Monday Night Raw credit. I rarely ever do because the show is fucking terrible on a week-to-week basis. Tonight was a very good show. They built SummerSlam. They had stories building towards SummerSlam, some good in-ring action with Gunther and Matt Riddle, tag team title match. Obviously, some segments were fucking dog shit, but that goes without saying. I mean, it's every week. Something sucks completely on Monday Night Raw, but the build was there. They simplified the build. We got some SummerSlam matches announced. They had two very good matches on tonight's show. And Atlanta was hot. It was a hot Atlanta crowd, man. Can't hate on Monday Night Raw tonight. So for all the fucking geeks that say, Oh, here's a WWE hater, man. He does it for the clicks. He does it because he needs the views. I don't hear them tonight. Where are you? Oh, yeah, they're in their fucking caves jerking off to fucking Alexa Bliss porn. That's what they're doing. Bullshit. Give me a break. We got Monday Night Raw. It was a good show tonight. And that's it. Anyway, we're going to get into the Super Chats. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me tonight, man. If you enjoyed the show, I would love it if you hit the thumbs up. We got 830 likes. Uh, there's 2,300 people in here, man. I know we can get 170 likes. Seriously. 170 likes, please. Were you not entertained tonight? Hit that thumbs up. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out. I got my cold beverage. Is it still cold? Oh, yeah. It is still cold. Get those super chats in. It's last call. Go check out all the other content on the channel. If you missed any part of it, it is all on the homepage right now. Go check out today's extra. Some good stuff there. Make sure you guys go and check out all the other live streams as well. If you missed anything from this past week. Tonight's show sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. All you need to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. Guys, you know, I talk about long-term booking all the time. I mean, it's in the intro to the podcast. BlueChew is your way to long-term booking. Honestly. It's also your way to being a confident guy. Confidence can take you far in life, man. It also helps when it's time to perform in the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, and it comes in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night. You can plan ahead. Long-term booking. Be ready when that opportunity arises. The process is very simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com. Consult with one of their online medical providers. And once you are approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days. It's all done online. No visits to the doctor's office. No awkward conversations. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA, and they're prepared and shipped direct to you in a very discreet package. 
I know you guys want that confidence, so why not give Blue Chew a try? Everyone listening tonight, use code JD at checkout. All you need to do is pay the $5. Shipping and handling is BlueChew.com, code JD. And I want to thank you guys for supporting Blue Chew, the official sponsor of tonight's Monday Night Raw podcast right here on Off The Scripts. Nick Williams with 14 months. Appreciate you, Nick Williams. He's got three questions. One, do you eat pasta? Nick, I'm a Sicilian from the Bronx. Who the fuck do you think you're talking to, bro? Favorite type of pasta, ravioli. And how would you fix Raw without pissing off Vince McMahon? How would I fix Raw? I wouldn't. You couldn't until Vince McMahon croaks. Honestly. Thank you, Nick Williams. I am uh, very lucky to have you for 14 months, brother. Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. Seth is better when he is serious and not goofy. I agree. AJ with a 199. JD Titus finally came out of the kitchen tonight. He did. Might have been a slow night tonight for Titus. Who knows? Sham World with Fight All Super Chat. This show sucks. Legit Monday night commercials. Fire Vince. Only he can ruin all momentum for the Judgment Day. KO and Sammy and Cody in four months. Michelle with another $2 Super Chat. Sammy and KO left off another pay-per-view. will suck huge. We don't know yet. Maybe they get Judgment Day at SummerSlam. We will see. P.D. Shaw, the meat father, with 29 months. Getting closer to 36 months and a proud member of the OTS family. OTS for life. Thank you, P.D. Shaw. Tony Brown with the 199. My man, J.D. Thank you, Tony Brown. John Carpenter's mustache with a $2 super chat. Which horror movie do you prefer, Jay? The Alien or The Thing? Alien is one of my favorite movies of all time. Alien. Jason Barker with two $5 super chats. Hey, J.D., I thought what Bruce Pritchard said earlier was laughable. He's a storyteller. So, in other words, he is a Vince McMahon meat rider. Uh, Jason, you are factually correct. One would say that Vince McMahon is the meat father for Bruce Pritchard. I love your version of Last Resort. Who does that cover? I don't even know who the fucking cover is, man. I don't know who it is. 
I'm in Atlantic City right now, so I don't have uh, I don't have that song queued up on my uh, on my roadcaster. I got the roadcaster duo here in Atlantic City in the office here. I got the roadcaster two up in New York, so it has much more uh, song options for me. I don't have so many song options here down in Jersey. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate you, brother. You could probably, Jason, you could probably look up on YouTube last resort cover. I'm sure it'll show up. Shane Brown with seven months. Raw was the best it's been in several weeks. I give it that. I actually didn't fall asleep during the show. Just wish WWE would give it some consistency. Yeah, I thought Raw was a, a decent show tonight. Some of the things didn't make sense. Trish and Becky sucks. Uh, Bronson Reed and Tommaso Ciampa doesn't make any sense. I mean, they did not follow that up at all. Uh, James Shrimp Fajitas. I think you're talking about this song, brother. DX Tricksters with a 25 months. Thank you, Tricksters. Now that KO Sammy are done with the Judgment Day, can they please do KO Zane versus DIY at SummerSlam for the titles? Or is that too hard for WWE? Well, that's not happening at SummerSlam, being that there's two weeks left to build. Not going to happen. El Masse with a $10 Superjack. Kevin Patrick makes anyone that replaces him sound like Mauro Ronaldo. And I feel like Kevin is a robot programmed by Vince with basic chat GPT. Also, how good was Rhea looking tonight? Rhea looks good every night. I really wish they'd get Moro. But even he doesn't want to be there. Mellow15 with a $2 super chat. Drinking Coors Light and OTS for life. Love to hear it, Mello. As long as it's ice cold and it's not Bud or Bud Light. Fuck them. Not that my lips ever did. But they will never touch another Anheuser-Busch product ever again, brother. Pittsburgh boy, 96 with a 9.99. I used to think... You were a crybaby years ago, but after watching you for the last two and a half years, I see that you truly care and make a lot of sense. Keep up the great work, man. OTS for life. Pittsburgh boy. Thank you, brother. Now only... Now only I wish I could uh, transform some of the other haters that I have. If they don't see the passion that resonates from this show, I don't know what to tell you, man. I don't know. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for the $9.99. Kyle Ironman Smith. Oh, he's got a nickname. Iron Man. Did Vince McMahon give you your nickname too, Smith? Huh? Two seventy nine. dollars How was Raw tonight, JD? Can he do a... KT with 8499. What's up, JD? First super chat. I was at Raw tonight. Good show with the guys. Tonight it excited. Or tonight excited for SummerSlam. Keep up the good work. Thank you, brother. Uh, you guys were loud in Atlanta tonight, man. Love it. 
Tribal Chief with a $2 super chat. Nothing but respect, JD. OTS for life. Fuck the haters. Thank you, Tribal Chief. Ricardo Lino. Do I have... Yes for life, Ricardo. Thank you, brother. MJF would destroy Dominic on the microphone, says Joseph Taylor in a $2 super chat. MJF would destroy a lot of people on the microphone, Joseph. Smith with 279. He asks me the same question again. How was Raw tonight, JD? You keep me going, bro. Raw was decent, Kyle. It was a decent show tonight, man. Peter Gaymore, my bro. Peter Gaymore. $2 Super Chat. Dawn and Fire are stuck in catering with Piper Niven. Yeah, they're reminiscing about the NXT UK days. That's what they're doing. Over a nice slice of cheesecake as they drown their sorrows in Titus Catering. That's where they are. Look at this, another fucking nickname. Ulysses Getting Usi Smith. What's with the fucking nicknames, man? I need you guys to come up with a nickname for me, okay? What's my nickname? Chad Gable should be this generation's Kurt Angle. Thank you, Ulysses. Appreciate you, man. Anthony Hayes with a $5 super chat. Hey, J.D. Bronson Reed is quite impressive. I could see his tsunami splash as a rib injury angle against Johnny Gargano in a future IC title match. <clears throat> yeah, hopefully Bronson Reed doesn't get future endeavor before that happens. Am I really the ace? Am I really the ace? I mean, there are probably... There are probably other uh, podcasts that think... uh, Or podcast hosts that they think they're the ace. False. Sean Ray J with a $20 super chat. Think we still get Rhea versus Raquel at SummerSlam. That's why Raquel didn't eat the pin. Liv and Rhea have a history dating two years back, including what happened at the Rumble and them lasting the entire match. Their story seems long-term. I can see that, Sean. But I think they play up the injury angle with Raquel a little bit longer and Liv gets the first crack. That's, that's, that's the way I see it. You could be right, though. You could be right. 
Hiru with a $10 super chat. What happened to the NXT talent? Odyssey Jones, Dexter Loomis, Indy Hartwell, Candice LeRae, Johnny Gargano, Tegan Knox, Piper Niven, Emma, Zaya Lee, Boogs, Garza, Carrillo, Redick Moss, Apollo Cruz, JD McDonough. Man, that is a list of talent that I have not even seen yet. What happened to all those talents, man? I know Garza and Carrillo are on NXT. They're a tag team now on NXT. Baron Corbin, Carrillo, Garza all moved down permanently to NXT. Riddick Moss. What happened to Riddick Moss? Don't know what happened to Riddick Moss. Where's Apollo Crews? Apollo Crews has not been used at all on the main roster. Zaya Lee. I don't even know why she's... I don't even know why they keep her employed. I don't. Quincy Elliott? The fu- what the fuck are you asking about Quincy Elliott for? Holy shit, what a fucking loser. If anybody should be released, it's him. Peter Gaymore, $2 Super Chat. I don't have the Omos voice queued up on here, brother. Can't do it on this one. Appreciate you, man. Uh, the professional guy with the $2 Super Chat. JD and Seinfeld make the summer feel like a breeze. Peter Gaymore with a $2 Super Chat. Jinder Mahal. Bizzle is back with the $2 Super Chat. They did sing the song when Seth took out Finn. Yeah, but they didn't prolong it like they usually do for fucking five minutes. That's what I meant. LJ with three months. Thank you for always entertaining us, JD. Best wrestling podcast in the community. You better fucking believe it, LJ. Absolutely. Peter Gaymore with the $2 Super Chat. Omos for his great colleague and a wrap-off. Book it. No, thank you. Zumba Cliff with a $1. Thank you, Zumba. Funny Rob Bebey with a $1.99. What's up, J.D.? I just hit 400 subs on YouTube. Let's fucking go, baby. Congratulations, brother. The Sammy P with a 499. Sammy P. Still three weeks out from SummerSlam. Do you think Brock vs. Cody gets a stipulation? Yes, I do. One is coming. Cody mentioned hard times. So we're getting a stipulation for sure. Thomas Franco with a 999. No message. Thank you, Thomas. Jake Ake, 23, with a $2 super chat. Yo, JD, great raw review. How about a Kevin Dunn? <laughs> One. Peter Gaymore with a $2 super chat. Who's colder, Trish and Stark or Corbin? Probably Trish and Stark right now. At least Baron Corbin's got a fucking gimmick. That we all enjoy. He's doing his thing on NXT, man. You can't hate him. Guys, that's all I got for you, man. That is all I got for you, brother. I'm getting the hell out of here, man. It's late. It's Monday night. I'm tired. We do it again tomorrow night with Andrew Baydala and TNT live on Off the Scripts. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. Johnny with three months. Thank you, brother. Let's go. Three months, JD. You the best.
Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. We need 85 more likes for 1,000, guys. Can we do it? Thank you for the Super Chats. Thank you for the re-up memberships. And go check out all the other videos on the channel, man. Plenty of it today, including today's extra. Go check it out. Thank you, guys. Have a great night. See you back live tomorrow night, 8.30 p.m. Andrew Baydala and myself, TNT episode number five. Should be a good one. Until then, guys, take care. See you tomorrow night for TNT. Just to feel something Who's out?